It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. If you don't have Twitter, you can email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about Lou Dort and his comments on Andre Robertson. We're also going to talk about teams starting to enter the Disney World bubble and more players choosing to opt out as well as it being Paul George week. And we'll talk what that means later on in the episode. But first, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. You can go to rockauto.com and find an amazing selection of reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's start with Lou Dort and his comments on Andre Robertson. Andre has not played in two years. He's been suffering a knee injury, and it seems as though he's going to give it a go in this Disney World restart. As we talked about on Monday, he said whenever quarantine started, he was a few days away from playing for the Oklahoma City Blue, the Thunder G League affiliate, and then, of course, the season shut down, and he's going to give it a go in training camp. Billy Donovan said they're going to reevaluate him and see how he performs in 5-on-5 settings at training camp in Disney World and make their decision from there. We've heard this song and dance before from Andre Robertson about being ready to go, and then ultimately, for whatever reason, he still does not play. He suffers setbacks and things like that. But Lou Dort took to the media yesterday, and he said that Andre looks ready to go, and he's helped Dort become a much better defender. I've already given my opinion on Andre on Monday's show, but to recap it a little bit, I wouldn't get too excited just yet until he actually steps on the floor. And then once he does step on the floor, I do think a large portion of the Thunder fan base needs to take a step back and they need to realize it's not a video game. You're not going to plug this guy in. He's going to have the same abilities he once did. He's going to struggle. He's not going to be an elite defender. He's not going to be a top-of-the-line guy. If he is, I'll be absolutely stunned. But he very well could steal wing minutes from Nader, from Diallo, from guys like that, uh, and perform well and perform as a good defender in certain situations uh, sporadically throughout the game. The problem is, if he regresses defensively, plus his inefficiency and his inability offensively, it's hard to play someone like that. It really is, except for in certain situations late in the game uh, when you desperately need a defensive stop. It's going to be interesting to see how the Thunder manage Andre. Lou Dort says he's ready to go. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if he's actually on the floor uh, come the scrimmages, because I think that that's going to be a big deal. I, I think that if he does not play in those three scrimmages, he's not he's just not going to play at all. Because for Andre, unlike most of these players, he needs all the reps he can get ahead of the postseason. He is not in game shape. He hasn't played games in over two years. He needs to take advantage of these three scrimmages plus the eight uh, seeding games and then into the postseason. So if he does not play uh, in the scrimmages, I, I don't think that we'll see him play 
in a Thunder uniform. And then he's an upcoming free agent this year. So we'll see how that all transpires. But it's going to be interesting to follow along with Andre Robertson and see how this all unfolds. He's been one of the biggest talking points around the Thunder fan base since the injury. And of course, he overhauled that team uh, with the OK3 team with, with Melo and Paul George and Russ. And we never got to see it at its full potential. You know, and, and that's kind of been a big what if and a long line of what ifs in Thunder history. Uh, but I, I do think that some people who are expecting Andre to not only return to playing, uh, but be an X factor for uh, this this championship team. Let's relax. Uh, Andre, to me, does not change the outlook for the Thunder. To me, Andre doesn't move the needle one way or the other if he plays or if he doesn't play. To me, with or without Andre, the Thunder... The goal for the Thunder is to win a first-round series for the first time since Kevin Durant left. The goal is to get to the second round. That's your—that's pretty much your ceiling for the Thunder, with or without Andre. There are some people out there, believe it or not, that, that think that you know getting Andre back would mean that this team can go on a title run, and I, I just don't see that happening. I don't see Andre... First of all, I don't see Andre being an elite defender, you know, in the first eight games back from a two-year layoff for a, for a guy uh, whose game is reliant on defense, which is reliant on conditioning, game shape, uh, predictability, uh, being able to, to shut guys' tendencies off, predicting the next move that they're going to make. A lot goes into defense that you can't really just pick up out of nowhere, and you can't just pick up right where you left off, in my opinion. So, again, if he does regress defensively, you really think that he's added anything offensively in two years where he can't even step on a basketball floor? Um, you know, he can't even play basketball. So how is he going to add something to his game? And if he regresses defensively, mixed with what we saw from him offensively throughout his career, he's not a playable player at that point. I mean, he's just not, especially not in long stretches. So I don't see, I don't really see the argument for Andre being that X factor, being the reason this Thunder team outperforms their second round expectations unless you just believe that you can drop Andre into the uh, you know onto the court and who will pick up exactly where he left off being that great of a defender being the best perimeter defender in the NBA uh, and he can go and shut down guys like LeBron James guys like Kawhi Leonard guys like Paul George in that second round of the postseason I don't see that happening I really don't and some of you might but I I just do not see that happening uh, whatsoever so that's the news on Andre from Lou Dort Again, this all goes back to what Billy Donovan said. Let's just wait and see what happens once he plays five-on-five in Orlando. In scrimmages, uh, in the training camp period, before the scrimmages, let's see how that goes first before we start talking about uh, the what-ifs with Andre. Because go back to media day, and he said he was a 100% full go. He did not play a single preseason game. Didn't play a single game this year either. So we've heard all of this optimism before. Let's see it actually come to fruition before we get too crazy uh, about Andre Robertson. But the NBA did have some jersey news come out. Now, this for the Thunder came from the Thunder Basketball Universe podcast, I believe, with Nick Gallo uh, and the and the Fox Sports Oklahoma crew. They host it on the Thunder website, I believe. And they said that the, th- that the Thunder will wear their city jerseys three times in the restart. And the city jerseys are the black and gold jerseys that commemorate uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, and those look really cool. Uh, but it is going to be awesome that they get to wear those jerseys because they didn't get to fulfill the amount of games that they would have in those jerseys since the season was suspended. 
and the Thunder always do a good job of partnering with um, the Memorial and, and helping out everything around the Oklahoma City bombing. So wearing the jerseys will be pretty cool because these city jerseys do change every single year. If I was a Thunder, personally, I would run it back with these same jerseys because it's such a great message and such a great meaning uh, behind them. I know it's for the 25th anniversary, but still, it's such a great message and meaning behind them uh, that they didn't get to fully display this season. I think you can do a lot more with them uh, next season. But typically, since Nike has taken over, these city jerseys have changed. You had the the hideous gray jerseys at first. You had the amazing teal jerseys. Uh, and then you had these ones for the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, but the NBA also released their approved messages for the back of player jerseys. We talked about on last week's show uh, that the NBA was going to allow players to, instead of having their last name on the back of the jersey, have... Um, social injustice messages on there uh, to have a platform during the game to express themselves. Now it will not be uh, any names because they feel like um, it could create not only more heartache, but you also don't want to leave anyone out. Uh, And sadly there's not enough jerseys to go around uh, and not enough players that will do this to where every person uh, who's been wrongfully killed by police violence can be represented. Uh, So they're going to leave out the names, but there are messages that players can wear still Um, throughout this restart in the NBA jersey. Things like Black Lives Matter, uh, I Can't Breathe, uh, things things that you know uh, from this movement will be on the back of their jerseys if a player so chooses to wear them. Again, I cannot give enough credit to the NBA for doing this because it would be very easy for the NBA to take the the avenue of most sports leagues uh, and say that, hey, your platform for this, your platform for your message and and your statement on social injustice is in the post-game press conferences. Uh, And that's a good platform. Do not get me wrong, but it's something that's easily avoidable. If you do not want to hear someone talk, you can just skip their press conference. But in order to skip their message now, in order to not hear and listen and uh, think about what the players are saying to you and and the platform that they're using, you would have to not watch the games. And I I don't think that a lot of people would do that uh, because the NBA is putting Black Lives Matter and, and messages like that on the game floor itself and now on the jerseys themselves. And that, to me, is very powerful because, again, it's, it's so in your face. You're going to have to, if you want to enjoy basketball, you're going to have to listen to them. You're going to have to um, acknowledge their platform. And that's something that not really no sports league has done besides the NBA and the WNBA. The WNBA was the first league to come out with this idea uh, of the messages on the jersey, uh, and the NBA followed suit very quickly. Uh, I think that that just deserves a ton of credit because um, – you know, just no other league has taken that jump to put it on the playing surface, to put it on the broadcast, to put it right in your face during game action. They've always tried to let their players or make their players wait until after the game, whenever a lot of you don't even listen to the post-game press conferences. I mean, even during a normal year where it's just talking about basketball, you, you don't listen to them unless there's something that's funny that gets retweeted on Twitter, uh, like, say... You know, the terrible shot thing from Paul George. A lot of you didn't watch that live, uh, but you saw it on Twitter because it was got, it got, you know, aggregated throughout Twitter because Paul George called Dame's shot a terrible shot. So kudos to the NBA for putting the players in their platform on display for everyone to see and for the most people, uh, for the most people to really uh, learn about their social issues and things like that whenever it's just right in your face during game action. After the break, we're going to talk about some more NBA news as it relates to the restart and COVID. We're also going to talk about Paul George. But first, 
I want to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com has been saving you money and giving you auto parts for 20 years online. 20 years ago, you didn't even know how to send an email properly, but you could have been going to rockauto.com and getting all the parts your car will ever need. They have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of manufacturers to choose from and to get you the parts that your car needs. There is no point to go to a chain auto parts store because you're going to walk in that store. They're going to ask you questions you do not know how to answer. They're going to type on the computer, order a part for you, send you back out the door. And when that part comes in, they're going to upcharge you for it. Skip the upcharge, stay at home, order all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box, and they're going to take care of you over at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the NBA is getting ready to travel to Orlando. The Magic are already in the Disney World bubble in the coming days from now until Friday. Teams will stagger their way into the Disney World bubble. But there still are players opting out and, and being forced to sit out even in the case of Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie tested positive for COVID-19. And after being evaluated by the Nets team doctor, they've decided not to allow Dinwiddie to enter the NBA bubble at all. And that's scary because I, I, mean, I know that Dinwiddie has seen symptoms. Uh, he's not asymptomatic. And, and I just hope that everything's okay with him. But we're seeing team doctors now telling players that they just can't go in there. It's just even though uh, that they probably could get a negative test between now and, you know, say August 1st, whenever teams really get in the full swing of the seeding games, uh, it's still, they don't think it's safe for Spencer Dinwiddie to go to the, to go to the bubble and to be around the bubble and things like that after testing positive. Uh, I, I, again, I just hope everything's okay with Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, but Bradley Beal is opting out. He's not going to play due to a shoulder injury. So it's not due to COVID. He will stay back in DC and he will work out with the Wizards, uh, coaches that stay back and he'll get some work in there but he's not going to play in the restart due to a shoulder injury now the thunder do play the wizards uh in the middle of this eight game seating period here and the wizards are going to be without davis bertans their sharpshooter one of their key pieces offensively they're going to be without bradley beal their mvp caliber player they're going to be without john wall their usual starting point guard and that's three players that are gone from an already bad team and that just makes life a little bit easier for the Thunder because the Wizards game is part of their back-to-back. And we talked about how Gallo likes to sit out back-to-backs. And if you're the Thunder, you absolutely should sit out Danilo Gallinari from these from this Wizards, Wizards game. Because, again, you're missing Wall, you're missing Bertrand, you're missing uh, Bradley Beal. There's really no chance in my mind that this Wizards team can beat the Thunder. So get Gallo or Chris Paul or whoever may need it some rest uh, during that game. Dwight Howard announced on CNN that he will play in the restart with the Lakers. Uh, He was one of the guys with Kyrie that kind of went back and forth about playing. And I don't think that he should be made fun of for playing. It's kind of weird because after he made that statement with Kyrie, uh, he's really in a bad position because if he doesn't play, then people will make fun of him for that. And if he does play, people will say, well, well, why aren't you sitting out like he said you were? Uh, He never said he was going to sit out. He just said he was going to evaluate all of his options. He just said that Kyrie had a point and there's something to think about there and he's got to determine for himself what is best for him. And I think that 
as fans or as media members or whatever, uh, you should give players the right to do that. This is a case-by-case basis. What is right for some people might not be right for others, like in any walk of life. So for Dwight Howard to take time to sit back and, and consider not playing, I don't think that that means that he had to not play to, to make his message uh, or to make his concerns any more valid. I think that he did what was right for him. He took some time to think about it and go over the pros and cons of playing and not playing. And he decided, hey, I want to play. And that's totally fine. Uh, and then there's some weird, there's a weird contingent of people who think that since Dwight Howard uh, was, was was making the statement with Kyrie and was uh, thinking it over and was um, talking about it publicly about the struggles he's going through with the restart that that should have alienated him and that should have absolutely banned him from playing with the Lakers or else he really truly didn't care about the movement or didn't care about any of the concerns that he had. That's not true. He deserved the right to evaluate for himself what he sees fit to go on for his family, for himself, for his you know platform, for his movement, for everything and he decides to ultimately play. That's a big boost for the Lakers. Dwight Howard's been really good this year. Um, he's, he's had a really good career, obviously, but a really good year for the Lakers uh, with, with LeBron James. Uh, and I don't think that this is going to create any sort of animosity between LeBron. Uh, I think that LeBron cares about winning, and Dwight Howard helps him do that. And I don't think that the fact that Dwight Howard took time uh, to consider all of his options is going to make LeBron mad at all. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, but... Some more concerning news about COVID, a handful of NBA teams, including teams going into the bubble, including the Kings and the Bucks, I believe the Clippers as well, have closed their practice facilities ahead of uh, the move to the Disney World bubble due to COVID outbreaks. That's scary a little bit. I still would predict that the NBA season starts uh, and continues and finishes and you know, there's no sort of second delay or the season does not get recanceled, uh, but I don't think it's out of the woods just yet. I don't think it's 100% confirmed. I just still am leaning that way probably about 95%. Because you look at what happened with the MLS, and they're doing a Disney World bubble as well. Uh, They're going to start that, I believe, next week or the week after that uh, in Disney World. And FC Dallas has opted out of the tournament because they've seen a COVID spread throughout their team once they landed in Disney World. I believe they had two players test positive in Dallas, then they got to Orlando, and they just saw an outbreak across their team, and they decided to opt out and return to Dallas and to not play in the the MLS bubble. I don't think an NBA team will go through that, but it's, it's something to monitor uh, as we see it happen in the MLS. I always said that given the fact that soccer will go first, uh, that's something that the NBA can look at and see – Uh, what went wrong with soccer and what went great with soccer uh, and and really learn from the MLS in this process because this is really unprecedented. So again, the Orlando Magic are already in Disney World, obviously the shortest trip. They just got on a bus and went from Orlando to Orlando. Uh, But, um, you know, more teams are going to start traveling here as we move forward throughout this process. They should all be there by Friday, I believe. And then they'll start to get into training camp and practices. And then those scrimmages start you know, around the 24th of July and the seeding games for the Thunder tip off on August 1st. So a lot is going to happen here in the next coming days. And that's why uh, pretty soon here, this show will be shifting back to five days a week. Uh, But after the break, we're going to talk about Paul George and what his time was like with the Thunder and what all went into that process. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast and Locked On Podcast Network. And this week is really Paul George week around Thunder Twitter because not only is it the week that he got traded, it's the week that he signed his extension uh, and the week that uh, Mayor, De- uh, Mayor Holt made it Paul George Day. I believe on July 7th today was is, is, uh, is Paul George Day. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, his, his tenure in Oklahoma City was up and down. Uh, the trade night, we talked about that with Brady Trantham and what all went into the Paul George chapter in Oklahoma City. You know, the trade night was absolutely awesome. Kind of out of nowhere, of course, for the Thunder to swoop in after losing Kevin Durant uh, and then just go full force into getting a guy like Paul George. And then, of course, quickly followed up with Melo. The fact that he re-signed was a huge deal uh, because you go through the history as a Thunder fan, you look at Kevin Durant leaving, and then you just assume that Russ will leave, and then Russ signs his extension, so Russ stays, and then you get Paul George, and all the talk is he's going to go to L.A. He's going to go back home. He's going to go play for the Lakers. Uh, he, he loves the Lakers. He's a lifetime Lakers fan. It's going to be the Lakers. He's going to go with LeBron, uh, and that's been the talk all season long, uh, and then for him to sign an extension, as a Thunder fan, as an Oklahoman, you just feel so happy and so overjoyed because a, a star player chose to be in Oklahoma City and that's why the mayor you know you know had a Paul George day an official Paul George day in Oklahoma City and and you know you fast forward a year after that extension and he's been traded he's been traded to the Clippers uh, and you know I've talked about this before recently Sam Presti deserves a ton of credit for that Paul George trade that trade easily could have gone the wrong way you make the trade, you trade Oladipo and Sabonis, two future All-Stars, for Paul George, and if he goes to the Lakers like many expected him to go to, all you got out of that was a decent year with the OK3 season and getting embarrassed by the Utah Jazz in the first round. That's what you get out of it. So he, Sam Presti risked it, all, risked it all for this move, and it could have easily blown up. But he gets him to resign, which is awesome. Another embarrassing playoff loss in the first round. And at that point, Sam Presti knew that it was going to blow up. You don't draft Darius Baisley if you do not know that you're going to have to blow up this team in free agency. Again, the draft happens before free agency. If, if this team was really going to run it back, if this team was really going to have Paul George and Russell Westbrook on it this year, I fully believe that you do not draft Darius Baisley. I love Darius Baisley. I love the draft pick of Darius Baisley. He's not an NBA-ready player, as we've seen this season. He's had some nice flashes. He would not be ready to play the minutes needed if you had Paul George and Russ on this team. You would have taken and kept Brandon Clark. You wouldn't have traded Brandon Clark. You would have taken a guy like that who is ready for NBA minutes right now. So in my opinion, on draft night, Sam Presti knew it was time to trade Paul George. And I get the feeling that people around the NBA knew that as well. Paul George demands a trade, and Sam Presti is able to, with his strong relationship building, with his ability to communicate with his players, he's able to keep Paul George you know, a secret that he's demanded to trade. No one found out about that. He shops Paul George around to Toronto, uses them as leverage, uh, before ultimately getting a, a steal of a trade, uh, you know, a, a beautiful package from the Clippers 
historic draft capital. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who we all think is going to be a superstar. And then you get Gallo, who's played very well this season and can possibly get you more assets with the sign-and-trade this offseason. That was an amazing move by Sam Presti in a small market like Oklahoma City. You trade for Paul George in a small market, you get him to re-sign in a small market, and then you flip him for more than what you traded for him. You think of all those pick swaps, you think of all those draft picks they got. Plus you factor in Shea, who I think will be better than Victor Lodipo. I think will be better than the type of player Sabonis is, even though I love Sabonis. You factor in those picks in Shea, you got back a positive asset. You got back a net positive from the Paul George trades. Sam Presti deserves a ton of credit and a ton of respect for what he's been able to do in such a small market, for always going out and always competing in a small market. Even this year, ESPN gives you a 0.2% chance to make the postseason, but yet somehow, some way, Sam Presti put a roster around Chris Paul that got them almost to the four seed. Again, if they play that game the night this season shuts down, if they play that game, I truly believe the Thunder are four seed right now. That is incredible. And it's Paul George week, so I wanted to bring this up because a lot of people are talking about Paul George and his tenure in Oklahoma City. Uh, and honestly, I know it resulted in two first-round exits, but I think that his, his time in Oklahoma City was huge. I really do. Uh, the trade initially for him to come to Oklahoma City proved that this franchise was not going away just because KD left. This was not one of those franchises that draft a franchise player uh, and then you never hear from them again once the player leaves. They were going to continue to go for it. They were going to continue to try to win. They are going to continue to try to get championships. So the, the initial trade was amazing. Getting him to re-sign was even better. We've already talked about how, uh, how important that is for small markets. And then flipping him, whenever he, the players have all the leverage nowadays, the players have all the power nowadays, and he easily could have came, became public with that uh, trade request and, and, and went public with it. And that absolutely destroys the Thunder's leverage. They do not get anywhere close to the value they got from the Clippers if he is publicly and openly demanding a trade, but he did not do that. He did it to Indiana. He didn't do it to Oklahoma City. And to me, reading the tea leaves here, that speaks volumes to the kind of guy Sam Presti is and the kind of respect he has from players that Paul George didn't do that. And the respect he has around the league, that, that the Clippers and the, and the Raptors, teams that were involved in these trade talks before a trade happened, didn't leak that either because they respect Sam Presti that much. Because that can absolutely kill your leverage. It can absolutely kill your, your ability to get back assets from a trade. So if a player openly says he's not going to play, he's going to sit out, you're going to have to trade him. The Paul George tenure, while it did not result in any significant wins, it was still very fun, and it still proved that this Thunder team, this Thunder organization, is going to last. It was not uh, the luck of the draw that you that you run into Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They have a, manager, a, a smart general manager that is going to continue to build something special right here in Little Oklahoma City. It's going to be awesome to continue to watch this franchise grow, and now they can do it with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Coming up on Friday, the final show of the week, we're going to talk to Olivia Penchal of DailyThunder.com, and she's going to talk to us about the injuries and what concerns players might have, what really goes into uh, the injuries that you might have whenever you start revamping your body after you know 
hundreds and hundreds of days off from playing basketball and then getting thrown right back into an intense NBA environment. Uh, what kind of concerns should these players have? We're also going to talk about the Thunder as a whole and preview the Thunder's restart. She also hosts the Cross Bolts on DailyThunder.com with Brandon Rabar, and they do a great job on that debate show. It's like two minutes every day. Just go to Twitter, go to Daily Thunder on, on Twitter, listen to that show, watch that show. They do a fantastic job. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore T-I-L-E-S. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.